Good afternoon again. Our text this afternoon is John 14, 12 to 17, along with the scripture passage that Jake read earlier from John 15, and I'll also mention John 16, 23, and 24. John 14, 12 to 17 reads, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, you will love my commandments. You will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. And John sixteen twenty three and 24 reads, In that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. We're covering a lot today, but not everything. This sermon series is focused on prayer as a topic more than our normal focus on a Bible passage or book of the Bible. Some of the other preachers you've heard and will hear in this series have focused their texts on one passage. I have not. For that reason, I won't be explaining everything in the passage we read. In fact, it could be that most of the text isn't touched on. I'll focus on those parts of the text that relate most to prayer. Also, just as I'm not covering everything about the passage, I'm not covering everything about prayer. You may notice that certain questions come up but are not answered, such as whether we can or should pray to all three persons of the Trinity, or whether God answers the prayers of unbelievers. These are good questions, but they will need to wait until later. I'm going to build on the big idea that Pastor Trevor had last week. He said, let us pray. I'm going to add to the end of it so that it will be, let us pray in the name of Jesus to the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit. I'll be focusing on prayer in the name of Jesus this way for three reasons. First, the Bible tells us of many prayers that are structured to the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit. Second, I hope to show you the direction of prayer to the Father, the foundation of prayer in or through the Son, and the assurance and confidence in prayer that we have by the Holy Spirit. 
Third, hopefully, going through this pattern of prayer will help us think more closely about what we mean when we say, in the name of Jesus, we pray, and the weight of those words, and possibly even new words to say. From the scripture reading earlier, Jesus says, Ask the Father in my name. As I've said before, the most consistent prayer pattern in the Bible is praying to the Father. We could consider that Paul prayed and recorded at the beginning of his letters to the Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians, and so on as evidence of praying to the Father. Paul prays to the Father as he offers thanksgiving and as he makes his requests on their behalf. We would have more evidence as we remember Jesus being asked how to pray by his disciples. He teaches them a prayer beginning with our Father. Roughly seeing the pattern, how then do we pray to the Father? There are two things we need before we approach the Father in prayer. Both of them are mentioned in John 4, 14, verse 12. The first is faith, and the second is obedience. In John 14, 12, Jesus puts before prayer the necessity of believing in him. He says, when you believe in me, which also hints back to John 14, 6, no one comes to the Father except through me. There is only one way to the Father. That one way is through faith, belief, trust in Jesus Christ. We couldn't expect anything different with prayer then. If we want to pray to the Father, then we must approach him through faith in his Son. We cannot come to the Father in prayer because of our skill, our good works, our clever speech, our references to Scripture, or anything else that we might think makes a good prayer. We come to the Father in prayer because of the whole work of salvation set out by the Father, accomplished by the Son, and applied to us by the Holy Spirit. Without faith, we can have no confidence that our prayers to the Father are heard. We should not forget the second part, though, obedience. Jesus does not leave our faith where it is. He makes sure that we know that true faith is always followed by obedience. This is often a difficult subject for Protestant Christians. We have such a strong history of salvation by faith alone. But we are not talking about the obedience that earned our justification, which is our right standing before God. That was done by Jesus. And we're not talking about perfect obedience either. Only Jesus did that. We're not even talking about the false teaching that our less than perfect works are somehow polished or cleaned up by Jesus' work to make us acceptable to God. The obedience we're talking about is the type that John talked about more in 1 John. 
in the first chapter of 1 John, he said that in this life, we cannot say we are without sin. He also said that Christians are those who ask for forgiveness when they sin. Then in chapter 2, John told us that the Christian pattern of life is righteousness, good works. And in chapter 3, John said that Christians do not practice sin or make a practice of sinning. The best way I can explain how a Christian no longer practices sin is to say that a Christian both abhors sin when he or she finds it at work in him or herself and that that hatred of sin causes him or her to seek to kill sin. By, ser- by searching for sin, hating sin, and also fighting against sin, we make sure that we are not practicing sin. So we approach the Father in prayer. We approach with faith and with obedience. This obedience is not perfect. Instead, our obedience is ready to ask for forgiveness, is constant in good works, and is free of any practice of sin. Now, this approach to the Father with faith and obedience might raise several questions. How can believers pray for salvation if faith is required to pray? How can unbelievers pray for salvation if faith is required to pray? Well, regeneration, or God's changing of the heart, comes before faith, and faith is necessary to approach God. Also, the prayer to be saved should primarily be concerned with forgiveness and repentance, which is a prayer that God commands. So the prayer is also obedience. So God hears prayers to be saved the same way he hears our prayers, with faith and obedience. Another question might be, does God hear my prayer when I'm not obeying? I think the best way to answer this is to say God always hears prayers of repentance for those who believe. So if you know that you are disobeying, then you know God will hear you when you turn away from your sin and ask for forgiveness. But we should not have confidence in our prayers if we are holding on to any sin. Another question would be, if I'm not receiving my requests, is it because of my disobedience or my obedience? It is worth praying for God to help you search out your disobedience and asking your church family to help search out sin too. But there are many other reasons why God may not be granting your requests. One other reason might be what you're praying for. To help, you might consider these guidelines for prayer. Ask for things that God has revealed in the Bible to be according to his will. Ask for things that God has revealed in creation. What God declared to be very good. Pray to know God. Pray for health. Pray for contentment. Pray for safety. Pray for joy. 
Pray for the things that God gave Adam and Eve in the beginning. Also look at salvation, what God has promised to do through salvation. Pray for the salvation of others. Pray to identify sin. Pray for strength to fight against sin. Pray for peace. Pray for the things God promises to do before Jesus returns. Praying by looking to creation and salvation, make sure that we are praying by God's will. After learning to pray to the Father, we come to the foundation of our prayers, namely Jesus Christ. We said before that we can pray to the Father because of our faith in Jesus and our obedience. What is it about our faith in Jesus that assures that we will be heard? We will be heard because the foundation has been built by Jesus Christ. He says in John 14:12 and other places, because I am going to the Father. This is the reason for all the promises of God. In Jesus, they are all yes and amen. The same is true. The same is true with prayer. Your prayers are not only are only heard by God because of the ascension of Jesus. And the ascension was only possible because Christ first descended to the earth by, by taking up humanity. Then he lived and died in obedience and rose from the dead according to the Father's plan. Having completed his earthly work, he returned to his Father to continue his ministry. Jesus' ministry now is to intercede for his people. We are incapable of drawing near to God without someone bringing us there. Jesus is able to do this because he finished his work on earth. And now he intercedes for us because he is both man and God. Consider the layout of the tabernacle and later the temple. As an unbeliever, you weren't allowed anywhere near them. As a believing Gentile, you could get close, but it was hardly considered to be part of the grounds of the tabernacle or temple even. Only as a Jew could you enter, and only as a priest could you be close to the holy places. Then, only on special occasions, only the high priest could enter the most holy place. Jesus broke down all these walls of separation in his earthly work. Now he welcomes us to the very mercy seat of God in the most holy place, to make our requests in his very presence. But consider, too, the Old Testament approach to God. Many in the Old Testament recognized that even if they could approach God, that they were humans and could not come to God directly. Like Job, they realized that they needed someone to go before them, to represent them, to mediate, for them. God is so holy, how can we relate to him? We can relate to him. We can draw close to him 
we can pray to him because Jesus has ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of the Father and intercede on behalf of those who believe in him. How then should we pray to the Father through the Son? Our prayers should sound different than the prayers of those who do not believe in Jesus. Our prayers should depend on the work of Christ, both his work on earth and his work now interceding for us. Do your prayers clearly expose their need for Jesus to have lived, died, rose again, and ascended into heaven for them to be heard? How could we do this more clearly? When you pray, take time in your thoughts and words to explain why God is your Father. It is because Jesus is his Son, and he has drawn you to himself and adopted you. Praise God for different aspects of who Jesus is and what he did on earth that made it possible for believers to approach God. Praise Jesus for what he does now by interceding for us as the God-man. We can give thanks for the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus sent to be with us and in us. We can praise God for his sovereign choice to save a people for himself as Jesus says in John 15:16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. We can praise God for Jesus' promise to raise up on the last day all whom the Father draws to him. We can appeal to the promises of God because they are all yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Not only was the ascension necessary for our prayers to be heard, but also, Jesus says in John fourteen sixteen, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. The ascension was also necessary so that the Spirit would come, whom he would send to be with us and in us, as Jesus says in the next verse. In Romans 8, Paul tells us more about why we need to pray by the Spirit. In chapter 8, verse 15, he wrote that the Spirit is the one by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Paul used the intimate and respectful name of God the Father to describe how we could cry out to God in prayer with both respect and the tender intimacy of a small child to a good and gracious Father. That intimate and respectful relationship is also shown in Jeremiah 13. God sent Jeremiah to build, to buy, and wear a loincloth, a very intimate garment. That loincloth served as a representation of Israel and its relationship to God. He says, for as the loincloth clings to the waist of a man, so I made the whole house of Israel and the whole house of Judah cling to me, declares the Lord, that they might be for me a people, a name, a praise and a glory. By the Spirit we have an almost unspeakable intimacy with God. Further on in chapter 8, verses... <clears throat> 
verses 26 and 27. Paul tells us how we need to pray by the Spirit also because of our weakness. Due to the sin that still clings so tightly to us, we find it difficult or impossible to understand what we should pray for. No matter how many times we pray to others, we pray or we hear others pray, no matter how many times we hear prayer requests or we make them ourselves, we don't know what to ask for. We don't even know how to pray. For these reasons, too, we must pray by the Spirit who intercedes for us also. He searches our hearts. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he knows the heart and mind of God. So the Spirit is best able to teach us to pray and to pray alongside us. Last week, Pastor Trevor read about Elijah, that he was a man like we are, and his prayers were heard and answered. During the church prayer meeting last Thursday, Pastor Andy suggested that we could be heard by God for the same reason that Elijah could be heard by God, the Spirit living and active within us. We know that Elijah was a prophet and therefore was anointed with the Spirit. And we know that Jesus sent the Spirit into the world to be in and with all believers. So we pray by the Spirit in the same way that Elijah did. And we can expect God to listen and to answer our prayers for the same reason. Even without a fuller understanding of God's work like Elijah had, we know that the Spirit knows the full work of God and prays alongside us for it. How then do we make sure that we are praying by the Spirit? Praying by the Spirit means that we believe in the work of Christ, and therefore we know that the Spirit now dwells in us to intimately pray alongside us. Praying by the Spirit means that we understand that the power of God is at work in our prayers. Praying by the Spirit gives us the confidence to pray at all times. The Bible commands us at least twice to pray always. But we know how difficult it is to find the words and find the time and find the right attitude of submission and dependence and all the rest. Praying by the Spirit means that we have the confidence to pray, confidence that our prayers are being heard, and confidence that God will answer our prayers because the Holy Spirit is praying alongside us, even as we are weak and cannot form any more words than Abba, Father. I'd like to close by briefly mention, mentioning four purposes or reasons why we should pray, taken from passages we've heard today. The first is obedience. Notice that John 16:24 commanded that we pray in Jesus' name. Hopefully this sermon has reminded you or given you more ways to obey that command and think about what it means to pray in Jesus' name. The second purpose of prayer is for our joy 
As Jesus says in John 16, 24, Ask and receive that your joy may be full. We pray to the Father, through the Son, by the Holy Spirit, that we might have joy in being heard by God and being answered according to His great wisdom. The third is for the love of one another. Throughout the passage from John 15, Jesus explains His love and how our love for one another should be like His. Part of this humble, self-sacrificing love is to pray. Could your prayers be described as humble and self-sacrificing? In praying for each other, in the name of Jesus, we love one another, and with the same love that Jesus loved us. The fourth is the glory of God. That is the purpose that Jesus gives for our prayers in his name. That the Father may be glorified in the Son. Please bow with me in prayer. O God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, We give you praise for the very idea of prayer. Not only the idea, but the ability also. And the foundation you have laid that we might pray. As we continue our series on prayer, we pray that it would glorify you. And that we would take more time to pray as you have taught us. In the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.